Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Yeah, I appreciate you checking us out today, and we are going to provide you with information. We're going to help you when it comes to your job. And we all want work to go a little bit easier. When, they, when you look at the amount of hours that you spend at work, it's probably more time than you spend with your family a lot of times. So you want your work to go a lot easier. That's why you need to set up boundaries. And we're going to talk about that today. We have Dr. Linda Wiley-Bing with us, and she's with Turning Point Leadership Group. Dr. Linda, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Steve. Thank you. And thanks for having me on again. It's great to have you here. Yeah, when you think about it, I just started adding up the, the amount of hours that uh, I spend at work, and I know you, you're always working. Uh, we spend a lot of time at work. Yes, we do. And as you said in the intro, more hours working than we do not working, or at least awake hours. You know, sleeping doesn't count. But when you think about the number of hours that we're awake, most of us spend many more of those hours at work than not at work. Yeah. And you want your work, your work day to go smoothly. And part of that is setting up healthy workplace boundaries. So can you define that? What, is, what would you say is a workplace boundary? Oh, for me, a workplace boundary is um, they can be physical, emotional, or mental limits that we put in place to protect ourselves from overcommitting or from feeling like we're being used or perhaps from behaving in some sort of inappropriate way. And the important thing about it is it needs to be intentional on your part. So you really need to think about what is it that I need to establish in order to create a supportive and uh, safe working environment for myself. And how do you do that? How do you go about setting up those boundaries? Well, one of the first things that I think of is to um, know what you value. You know, it's very important to prioritize your value. So what's important to you? Uh, Things like taking a lunch break, which is so simple. But when you think about it, by law, if you have a a full-time job, you're entitled to a 15-minute morning break, a 15-minute afternoon break, and a lunch break, which varies in by industry and so forth, anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. But you're entitled to two breaks and a lunch break. And many times we don't do that. We just keep working straight through or working at our desk or that type of thing. And it may not feel like a big deal, but it can consume you, it can cause more stress, etc. So something as simple as your lunch break or maybe saying, I don't want any calls in the evening at home. I don't want calls after a certain time. I don't want emails from work. All of those things, if they are values of yours, you need to prioritize them and then communicate them clearly to your coworkers and your boss. And then the last thing I would say would be if someone violates one of those boundaries, you need to address it with them sooner rather than later in a nice and respectful way. So you really need to start out by knowing what's important to me. How am I going to protect my space? And that's really important now with so many people still working from home. It is so easy to let your day just bleed in to your personal time. And if you don't establish those boundaries and stick to them, it will wreak havoc in your life somewhere down the road. I think it's also about expectations, Dr. Linda. Like, for example, if you, and we may have talked about this, but you should put a voicemail outgoing message if somebody calls you after hours that says that you will, when you will call them back. So let's say it's going to be, you know, the ne- I'll call you back the next morning or I'll call you back tomorrow, whatever it is. So at least whoever's calling you knows that they, they will get a call back, that it's, you know, part of your attention instead of just leaving an outgoing message that says, hey, thanks for calling, leave a message. 
You know, that's a great idea. And actually, so many phone systems, even many of the um, smartphones, cell phones, will allow you to set up different types of messages. So mm. if you don't want any calls, let's say after 7 p.m., you can set up a different message and just switch to that voicemail message so that when people make that call late in the evening, that's what they get. I think that I love that idea, and I may have to incorporate that one myself because hey, uh, I'll be honest I'm with you. Today. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't have it on mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea, though, and I am really tired today, and I think mm. a lot of it just has to do with those workplace boundaries. You need to know that, first of all, it's okay to say no. Number two, you need to know when to say no. And number three, you need to understand that no is a complete sentence. You don't always owe people explanations, mm. and we go into all kinds of reasons and excuses. You can just say no, and simply that's your answer, no. How do you do that? How do you, how do you phrase that? Let's say somebody asks you to stay later or whatever. It, it almost feels bad to say, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it depends on how they ask it, I guess. So if someone were to say it from the standpoint, if they ask you a closed question where yes or no is an, a possibility, or, you know, those are your two options for answers, you can say it. So, for instance, if someone says, hey, can you stay late tonight? No. And you don't necessarily have to say, no, I've got to take the kids to baseball. No, I've got, you don't have to give an explanation. Mm. But if they ask it someone differently, like, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to uh, getting this project done in time. I need all hands on deck. Can you, we really want you to stay. So I need you to stay late tonight. The way they phrased it is more open-ended, and it's not just a can you, in which case you can say yes or no. So you might want to respond with more words. I'd love to be able to help out. Unfortunately, I have other plans this evening, and I can't. So I think when you have to say no to something like staying late, it's okay to let people know that you've made other plans. You don't have to go into all the details. I think if you get asked to help someone else out, you know, maybe a coworker wants some help and they're on your team, if you're already overworked, let them know, I'd really like to help you, but I don't have the bandwidth for that right now. And, again, you don't have to go into all of the details about your situation. One area where you need to be a little careful is if someone that's in leadership on another team outside of your direct chain of command comes to you and they want some help, then you might just let them know, you really need to go through my manager in order to make that request. And then you should have a good enough relationship with your manager where you can say, you know, I know they're stretched right now. I'd really like to help them out, but I've got enough on my plate. So if I'm going to help them, you're going to have to remove something that you've already assigned to me, and then you let the manager make that determination. So there are some soft ways that you can say no, but you really have to know what's important to you and protect your boundaries and your space. And I think this is so true, particularly of new employees as well as people who tend to feel that they are marginalized in the workplace, like let's say women, because sometimes you feel as a new employee, you really want to put your best foot forward. You want to show them what you've got. You're afraid to say no, and so you say yes to everything. Well, it's worse to get so overworked and burned out that you lack, um, you, you slack off in performance. You don't meet deadlines. That's worse than letting them know you can't handle it and doing an exceptional job at the things that you can handle. And the same thing when you're part of a marginalized group. If you already feel as if there are only a few women here and I'm sort of under the spotlight, everybody is looking at me, and inadvertently I sort of represent all women, I need to really shine. So sometimes we're afraid to say no, 
because we think that may close the door for other opportunities. But again, it's better to be excellent at a few things than to really be sloppy at many things. That is so true. And you know, we're striking a chord here. Instant feedback. You can always reach us, instantfeedbacksteve at gmail.com. This is from Kathy in Des Moines. She says, I often get an assignment at work that I feel is much extra and doesn't fit my job responsibility. How do I handle a situation like that? Oh, that is so great. So again, it's good. Many times we're talking about boundaries. They either have to do with job responsibilities, interpersonal boundaries, or personal boundaries. When it comes to job responsibility, one of the things that you could say, Kathy, is to let the the manager know that's something that I'd love to perhaps learn how to do, but it's not in my wheelhouse right now. Or that's something that maybe down the road in the future we can add to my plate when we reevaluate my performance and my pay, but right now that's not something that I'm able to add. So you work it in in such a way to let them know that it's not part of my responsibility, but you don't want to just come out and say that. And you want to let them know I'm not getting paid to do that, but you don't want to come out and say that either. Because for an employee, if you say, well, that's not part of my responsibility or I don't get paid to do that, you put yourself in a position where you're sounding negative, you're sounding like you're not a team player, all job descriptions tend to say, and other duties as assigned. And mm. many times, the other duties as assigned, that list is longer than the one that really is your job responsibilities. So you have to put some parameters around it. And again, you can use your current workload, your current skill level, your current pay level. You can say things about, um, I'd love to you know, examine that. Can we sit down and review what my responsibilities are? Uh, do we need to remove some things from my plate to make room for that? So ask for a meeting. Ask for a conversation. Don't just say yes or no on the spot, but ask them if you can sit down and reevaluate everything that you're being asked to do so that you can be clear. Put it back on yourself so that you can be clear of what's expected of you and what the associated time frames would be. And if you can show your manager that you really don't get paid to do that, it's really not part of your description, and it's really going to take your time away from something else, then you've got a good case. How do you know, Dr. Linda, when it's time to go in and renegotiate or talk about your responsibilities? That's something that really ought to happen on an annual basis, but Hmm. many times leaders don't take the responsibility to do that. When you're onboarded into a company, they should give you an idea of how often performance reviews are going to take place. Performance reviews really on an informal basis can be done almost every day. I mean, it can be as simple as great job, good report, Steve. I really like that presentation. That's giving, that's giving you some ideas how you're performing. But employers should have their managers shoot for at a minimum once a year mm. and preferably once per quarter to try to sit down briefly with each employee. Now, if you've got you know a, a large employee population reporting into you, once a quarter may not work, so maybe you do – um, twice a year, you know, and you get half of them at one time, another half at another quarter, things like that. You've got to be flexible. But you can always ask. If your manager has not uh, requested to sit down with you in a period of time, you can always ask for a meeting with them. I'd really like to go over my uh, skills, my performance. I'd like to make sure that I'm still on point, that, you know, we can look at what my training plan is, my career path, however you want to frame it. But you should let them know. I'd like some time in the next couple of weeks just to meet with you briefly 
to talk about my performance over the past 12 months. And they really are obligated to find time to meet with you. You know, that's a great idea because once you start that dialogue and, and you're being proactive, you're being positive, I want to talk about my performance then you can bring up the situation where maybe you're doing things that you shouldn't or you feel you shouldn't be doing, but at least you're sitting in the chair and you have that opportunity to bring that up. Exactly. Mm. That's the time you can talk about all of those boundaries. So you can talk about the job responsibility boundaries. You can talk about the interpersonal boundaries. So if your coworkers are not teaming with you in a way that they should be, if you feel like you're not getting information you need on a timely basis, Whatever the situation happens to be, that's a good time to talk about the communication and the interpersonal. And you can also bring up the personal boundaries. So if you find that you're getting emails, like I tell the people on my team, when I think of something, I send an email. But if it's after hours, don't believe that you have to respond to it. Let it wait till tomorrow. I just need to get it off my plate while I'm thinking about it. So that lets them know, wow, if she sends out an email 8 o'clock at night, I don't have to address it. I don't even have to read it until the morning. It's important to set those kinds of things. So if your manager has not set that type of boundary and they send emails or make phone calls into the evening, you can let them know that your personal family time starts at whatever time it starts. And unless it's an emergency, you would appreciate it if they would – hold off until the next day, or at least understand if you don't respond until the next day. And those kinds of things can be talked through and negotiated so that we we understand and we respect one another because that's really what boundaries do. They're about respect, and everyone wants to work in a respectful environment. It's going to help with the stress levels, any problems or conflicts. It helps with communication and teamwork. We all deserve to work in a respectful work environment and sometimes people have different views on what that means so it really requires you to sit down and have the conversation and the reason another reason to do it annually steve is because things change so maybe there's a new baby in the family and now you really need to protect certain times or hours or maybe you know a child is now part of a a sports team or music uh, group something that they didn't participate in before that's going to take more of your hours away from work. So you may have been doing things that you no longer have the capacity to do, and it's important to share that with your management as well. You know, it's interesting. I, I just got a, a thought. My mom always used to say, if you let them do it, they will. So it's almost yeah. <laughs> it's almost like from the beginning, if you allow people to, I don't want to say take advantage, but ask you to do things maybe that's above and beyond. If you continually say, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll take care of that. Yeah, I'll do it. They're just going to keep asking. It's just going to exactly. continue like that. Uh, the more that you allow them to put on your plate, they figure, oh, you can handle it. They're going to keep piling on until you say stop. And that's why I caution new hires, because if you come into an organization accepting every challenge that's put before you, you're setting yourself up for that to be your reputation, and yep. people are always going to go to you with, when they need some extra help. Well, I learned this one as a... I don't want to say a kid, but I started working when I was 17. It's the, when you get a new job, it's the deal you make in the beginning that counts. It's out yeah. of the gate. You really have to plan that out. One thing I do want to point out, you mentioned before when you send an email and it's after hours and you tell your staff, hey, you don't have to worry about it now. We can also schedule the send of the emails because I'm just like you. If I got an idea, I got I to get it out there. I got to send it. But you can also just hit the, the schedule button and then send it maybe first thing Monday morning at 9.05 or whatever it might be. 
right? Look at that. Then I got two good ideas I got to put in place, thanks to you, Steve. Get <laughs> the emails and put on the new voicemail message. Yeah, well, th- there you go. I'm gonna, they, they, we say, drop the mic. I'm done now. I did my job, right? <laughs> We're talking with Dr. Linda. She's with Turning Point Leadership Group. And tell everybody, uh, before we take a quick break and get some more questions, tell everybody what Turning Point does and, and how they reach out to you. Oh, thank you so much. So Turning Point Leadership Group is an organizational development consulting firm. Primarily, we focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, leadership development, relationship management, all of those interpersonal type things that help people navigate in the workplace and get the respect as well as the training and the proper attention and and direction they need to do their jobs well. We also do some coaching through Dr. Linda Coaching, which is really focused on empowering women for leadership positions. And you can reach us at area code 404-814-5259. You can also email me personally, Dr. Linda at turningpointlg.com. We are talking about setting up healthy workplace boundaries. Coming up, we're going to talk about VT. It's very important, VT. I'm talking about your vacation time. Don't go anywhere. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah. It's from Geico. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, son, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And look at me now, a well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. (laughs) Okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed Geico agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hi, I'm Randy and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. Women in business claim your wealth. We are living in challenging times. Healthcare concerns, lack of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, and no pay equity for women. I'm Dr. Linda Wiley-Bing, CEO of Turning Point Leadership Group. With over 25 years of experience, we'll help you discover your it factor, the thing that sets you apart and sets you up for success. So check out our workshops and coaching programs at thedrlinda.com and turningpointlg.com and claim your wealth. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, Dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light, and give you possible solutions, verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. We are working on making your workday a lot better and your life at work. Setting up healthy workplace boundaries is what we're talking about with Dr. Linda from Turning Point Leadership Group. And you can reach her at turningpointlg.com. And it's also drlinda.com or thedrlinda.com. Is that right? TheDrLinda.com. And when we say doctor, is it D-R or D-O-C-T-O-R? D-R. Good gotcha. question. Yeah, I'm just, 
I don't know. I'm coming up with questions today. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Becky has a great question, and it's about VT. Something very important when it comes to your job, your vacation time. She's in New Haven, Connecticut. She says, I never used to take all my vacation time. I do now, but I left a lot, and she put in capitals, a lot of time unused last year at my job. They don't carry over. Do I have any recourse? Do you have any suggestions? Wow. So, Becky, good for you that you're now starting to take more of your vacation time. If they don't carry over, you don't have any recourse, unfortunately. A lot of companies are going to that use it or lose it uh, you know, boundary because they recognize that if we don't take breaks, it leads to burnout and it causes stress. And stress leads to physical problems, and then they're going to see an uptick in the health care claims. So they really want to make sure that employees are taking the appropriate amount of vacation time. So clearly, since it doesn't carry over, and I would suggest to people, even if your vacation time carries over, don't carry over more than a week at the most. Use as much of it as you possibly can. And the only time you should really consider carrying it over is if you know you've got a big trip planned for the upcoming year or there's something major that you want to do. You know, maybe you're traveling abroad and you want extra time. Other than that, you really need to use it because you want to make sure that you're getting the proper breaks. And the way many companies do it now is they they put the sick days and the vacation time together as PTO or paid time off. And I was looking at something the other day. I think that comes from Barry, uh, Fairy God Boss, which is a, a good website to talk about some of these things. But Fairy God Boss was saying that in a 2016 survey that was done by Wakefield Research, they found that 69% of working Americans don't even take sick days even when they really need it. Mm. So we, we have this mentality that we're indispensable, and if we don't show up, the company is going to fold. Trust me, that's not the case. So what you need to do when you're not feeling well is get yourself healthy for two primary reasons. One, so that when you are on the job, you can give it your best. You don't have any foggy thinking based on feeling ill or based on any medications that you're taking. And then the second reason is because you don't want to get everybody else at work sick also. Then you've got more people out from work. So please, if you're not feeling well, take the the sick days, and when you can, Take your vacation time. You can break it into chunks, make it long weekends, do it however your company allows you to, but there really is a good reason for that, and it all relates back to your emotional, mental, and physical health. And the one thing to remember, and and I completely agree, and I'm actually guilty as charged of not taking all my vacation time back in the day, and I regret it. You earned it. It's like money. You're just throwing money away. Think of it that way, right? Exactly right, especially if it doesn't roll over. Now, if you leave a job, uh, many times you'll get paid for your unused vacation time. But if you're not planning to go anywhere anytime soon and it doesn't roll over, you definitely are leaving money on the table. Yeah. How about posturing? The way to present things when you talk to your manager, your boss, a superior. Like, for example, you know, and I, I've, I've done this before too. Hey, he's. Dr. Linder, sorry to bother you, but I wanted to talk about this, or I hate to be a pain in the butt about it, but um, could I please talk to you about uh, my vacation time? Instead of presenting it that way, make it more proactive, because you're already, it's almost like you're giving a release for them to say, yeah, no, I can't really talk right now. Or you're starting off with a negative, like, I'm going to be a pain in the butt by saying I hate to be. Exactly. (laughs) Right? That's exactly what I thought of when you said, I hate to be a pain in the butt. 
you know, it, it sounds like, okay, now he's about to be a pain in the butt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I, I think it's also the way you phrase it. And, and again, what does that come from? Guilt. You feel guilty about talking about your life situation, your vacation time, your, your paid time off, all of that. And I think we need to just release some of that guilt, right? We do. Release the guilt. You're entitled to it. It is part of the employment contract that you made with them when you joined the organization. So the best thing to do is schedule a time. Then you know you should have their undivided attention. You're not pulling them away from something else. You're not setting yourself up for them to say, no, I don't have time. You need to uh, maybe send a quick email or an, an instant message or however you communicate at work and let them know that you would like 15 minutes of their time for a conversation, something to that effect. And in that time, let them know that you would like permission to take whatever the date range is for vacation. They're probably going to have to put it through HR and et cetera. So it may take a, a minute before you get a definitive answer. But, yes, make sure that they have nothing else that's pressing at the moment. And please don't set it up with the negative language. Don't go in feeling guilty for asking for something that you earned and that belongs to you. And, you know, it's so funny because I know that you were not aware, Steve, that I have written this book. But this works so perfectly. So I've written a book called Tame Your Tongue and Transform Your Relationship. And in mm. that book, and it is available not only on my website, but it's available at Amazon.com. So in the book, I talk about four different types of communication styles or tongues. And what we do is lay out based on how much you talk and how much compassion you have when you speak, the type of effect that it has on other people. In fact, book number two is about to come out. It's called Tame Your Tongue and Transform Your Organization. And in that one, it speaks specifically to how you uplift and encourage people by either speaking life into them or speaking death and speaking life or death into your, your projects. You know, you, you have the power with the words that you use to some extent to create your own reality. And many of us, because we have negative attitudes, negative feelings about people at work, negative feelings about the work that we do, et cetera, it creates this environment of negativity, and when you put negativity out, quite often what you give back is negativity. So you want to be very careful with respect to how you speak about situations at work because if you say it in a negative way, it reinforces for you just how negative it is. We know from research that um, the things that you concentrate on are the things that tend to grow. And so the more you concentrate on the negative, either by thinking about it or speaking about it, you're going to only grow those things as opposed to the positive. One million percent. And I, just, I call it the universe. Whether you believe in whatever you want to believe in, the universe is out there. It's, it's that big space, <laughs> however you want to define it. But if you put that negativity out into the universe, you're going to get that back. Um, great talking with you today. And, and one final thing that just clicked in my head. And, and based on what you said, and it was so crystal clear how you presented it, it's people remember how you said something more often than what you said. Yes, because people won't remember what you say, but they will remember how you make them feel. Exactly. And that's the most important thing. It's the feeling that we derive from other people. It's yep. the feeling. So if this is an area where you feel like you need a little help, you'd like to learn more, perhaps you want to be coached as to how you can use your words and harness them 
to get more of what you want out of life instead of less, then by all means, I would encourage you to reach out to me, Dr. Linda at TurningPointLG.com. Visit the website, TheDrLinda.com, because we have helped, I would say, not through direct one-on-one coaching, but between coaching, training, public speaking, et cetera, We've helped millions of people transform their lives, and I'd like to help you as well. Yeah. At the very least, get the book. Um, and, and at the very least, you might ask the right way and get another week of vacation at work. There you go. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> she's a life coach, a speaker. She's an author. She's amazing. Dr. Linda. And check her out at the website. And uh, here's to uh, better relationships at work. Dr. Linda, great talking with you today. You as well, my friend. Take care. You too. Thanks a lot. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs defend it who makes the payments who cleans it who drives it you do that's who and in here your word is law so when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up you won't budge an inch until you hear that click never give up until they buckle up A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup.